In the midst of a lot of bad news that we have been, that have been coming our way as a country, the downgrade, the regrailing from the Moody's, the drought, racial tensions, all kinds of strikes happening, problems in political parties, people stepping down, resigning, moving away. I think the triumph of the Springboks yesterday <laughs> lifted the spirits of the nation. I realized when I was doing the update, some of you were looking at me like, did you forget something? <laughs> After what really seemed like a doubtful start, with South Africa losing to New Zealand 23-13, the triumph of the Springboks yesterday demonstrates what winning teams are made of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very interestingly, when you read the Bible, sports, athletics, all those disciplines are used as a metaphor for spiritual accomplishments. Particularly in Paul's writings, he really wrote to explain the Christian life using the metaphor of athletes. For instance, in 2 Timothy 2.5, and I'm reading the Bible in basic English, this is what Paul says. He says, if a man takes part in a competition, he does not get the crown if he does not keep the rules. So we are involved in a competition. Whether you know it or not, and if we are going to be declared winners in our walk with Christ, we've got to keep the rules, according to Paul. You know that when athletes run, particularly the sprinters or the ones who run the, on the tracks, you keep to your track, particularly the 100 meters and the 200 meter runs. And, you know, if you run much more than that, at the starting point, you've got to stay in your track. And the principle is that no matter how fast you've run, and even if you get to the finish line first, if you are in the wrong track, you get disqualified. And so he uses that metaphor to say to us, even if we want to succeed, we've got to keep to the rules. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, and I read it in the Good News Bible, Paul says, I have done my best in the race. I have run the full distance. I have kept the faith. Unfortunately, there are those, unfortunately, who start out in this race called Christian faith and Bapancha Motsile. All you have to do is to look around now for the people that we started with in January. Maybe you are one of those who only comes here once in three months. You look at your neighbor and say, you look like one of... But the thing about it is that if we're going to truly be what God wants us to be, we need to be people who will run the full distance. Tell your neighbor you need to run the full distance. 
Say it again, you need to run the full distance. Verse 8 says, and now there is waiting for me the victory prize of being put right with God, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who wait with love to him to appear. Can I hear an amen? amen? So I'm talking about the mentality and the discipline of a winner this morning. Paul says further in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, the Good News Bible, he says, surely you know that many runners take part in a race, but only one of them wins the prize. He says, run then in such a way as to win the prize. Every athlete in training submit to strict discipline in order that he may please him who has set him. Verse 26, that is why I run straight to the finish line. That is why I'm like a boxer who does not waste his punches. 27, I harden my body with blows and bring it under complete control to keep myself from being disqualified after having called others to the contest. The thing is this, Bazarana, we, want, we, we don't want to be disqualified. Can I hear an amen? amen? We want to be winners. But if you're going to be a winner, there's a certain mentality you must have and there are certain disciplines that you must maintain. So if we're going to live victorious lives as Christians, there are certain qualities that we must develop in our lives just like the athletes. And so, you and I, we are compared to athletes. 2 Timothy 2, 5, the NIV says, similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, look at your neighbor and say, you are an athlete. Tell them you may not look like one, but you are an athlete. Amen. Just tell them you may not look like one, but you are an athlete. You may not behave like one, but you are an athlete. Tell them again, you are an athlete. Tell them you may not be dressed like one, but you are an athlete. All right. So if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. Now, what's the definition of an athlete? An athlete is a person who is trained to compete in athletics. That's the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. An athlete is a person who is trained to compete in athletics. Therefore, athletics are people who they've been coached, mentored, and disciplined according to the athletics training regime. Let's say that again. So athletes have been coached, mentored, and disciplined according to the athletic training regime. The goal for their training is to make them to have the capacity to compete as champions. There's nobody who trains to lose. Okay. You, don't, you, don't, you don't spend all that time training just to lose. You train because you want to win. So they, they are trained for that. So athletes are trained, therefore, to, to possess several qualities. Let's go through those qualities. And these are the same qualities that you need to have, we need to train in, if we're going to win in this, our race. If we're going to come out on top, as those who are winners. The first thing athletes are taught is how to hone their skill. Their raw talent gets polished and it is that talent that makes a difference either they're an amateur or a professional. All right? So in the Christian faith, you need to hone your skills, your God-given gifts, and also hone the qualities of your Christian walk. Galatians 5 tells us about the qualities of our walk. Tells us about patience, love, 
forgiveness, all those qualities. If you're going to be a Christian who's at an A-level Christian, a Christian's going to win, a Christian who's on the victory side, you can't do that if you do not hone your skills. If you don't develop your character and develop your inner qualities as a child of God, you're not going to go anywhere. Also, you need to learn to develop the God-given gifts that God has given you. What are the gifts and the talents that God has given you? You've got to learn to develop those. Deuteronomy 33 verse 11 says, Bless all his skills, O Lord, and be pleased with the work of his hands. Smite the loins of those who rise up against him. Strike his foes till they rise no more. So that's the first thing. The second thing that athletes develop is strength. Athletes are able to channel their energy in a meaningful way to be able to achieve their goals. But Salana, you're not going to be able to really be a winner as a Christian if you don't develop spiritual strengths. There are strengths that we must develop, not physical ones, but spiritual strengths. What am I talking about? The strength called faith. The strength of praying long prayers. The strength of patience. The strength of, of, of forgiveness. These are inward strengths. So we've got to develop these strengths in our lives and channel our strengths to be able to reach our goals. See, if you don't learn how to have the discipline of prayer and praying for a long time, or the strength of reading God's word and, and filling your heart with God's word. Tell your neighbor, yeah. There are people who start out, but they don't go the distance. Why? Because, you see, our walk with God is not meant to be based on us being emotional. You know, there are Christians who are very, very emotional Christians. You know? We, we think making noise and being loud and screaming, rolling on the floor is going to help us to be strong Christians. It's not going to help you, my friend. But it is times of spending times and hours and hours in the presence of God, in solitude, in the word, in prayer, cultivating your faith, developing your faith, depositing God's word in your heart where you have an inward strength. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? If you look at athletes, they spend hours and hours and hours training. In fact, if you compare the amount of time they are on the field playing as compared to the amount of time they spend training, the two are so different. I used to speak to the late baby Jake Matlala, you know. I used to ask him, you know, our champion, your boxing champion, you know. And I'd ask him, how do you prepare for a fight? He said, when I have a fight, I prepare three months ahead of time. Go to three months before the fight, I'm already seeing myself in the ring. And he, he had a strong, I mean, he had a very long program. On a daily basis, he'll wake up early in the morning, you know. By 5 o'clock, he's out there on the street running. You know, you know. Road work, he's doing road work. So he's running. And then he'll do that till about 7 o'clock or so. And then he'll go home and take a little bit of a break and eat something. And then later on, Couple nine ten, he would go to the gym. There was one time where I used to go to the same gym and I go on, you know. And it's not these nice ones, you know. It's not these nice ones that have these nice uh, 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 gadgets. So let's say nangkanya You're not doing anything. You are entirely like a robot. A robot. I tell you how you figure out. 
I mean, we go to these rough gyms, gymnasiums. Selling over they are rough. You can see nothing is nice there. I used to go to a gymnasium like that. Come on, Mondio, come. And we used to train there. And, uh, and so he would train. He'll put in like four hours of training. Two to four hours of training. You know, some of it is he's building his strength. Some of it is stamina. Some of it is toning certain things and, and all of that. And then, then, then later on, after two hours or so, three hours, then he takes a break. Then in the afternoon, he's out. You know, and he's there called, called the boxing club. So he's, he's practicing, you know. He's practicing all the moves with the guy there. Yeah, he's practicing. It's not a fight yet. It's not a fight yet. And then... As Nakoi Atamela, he starts uh, uh, being very strict with his diet. You know, then he has to eat certain things. He would load up on a lot of carbohydrates because they help give you extra energy. And towards that time, he has to stay away from other things. You know, yeah. Nkarani, <laughs> you've gone ahead of me now, even before I explain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he has to sleep well, he has to sleep long enough. You know, he has to stay away from having sex with his wife because that activity takes a lot of strength from you. Oh, you don't like my preaching. <laughs> so, because he has to have, to have a buildup of testosterone and be angry when he gets in. And then the day of the fight comes. And then, if you've ever checked a boxing match, all the 15 rounds, it's not more than an hour and a half. Every round is 15, it's, it's three minutes. Three times 15, give a guy. 45. 45. Well, let's, let's factor in the one minute of resting. Because it's one minute. So it's about one hour. Can you imagine, bro? Yeah? You're going to fight for one hour, eh? Yeah? Mara, you, why, don't hide, Munna. I'm talking to you. Don't hide. So, I didn't want to put you on the spot, but you look like you can do some of this too, you know? <laughs> You know, can, can you imagine eh? You're going to fight for one hour But the amount of training you do Three months ahead of time You put yourself through all that Just to be able to win the crown Many Christians want to live On the winning side But their discipline is pathetic They don't ever put in any time So Athletes are able to channel Their energies in a meaningful way Can I hear an amen Bazaar? Number three they train to have endurance they develop not only physical endurance, but mental endurance. Athletes will tell you, like the people about marathon, they tell you, look, after you've been running for a while, the only thing that's going to keep you from reaching the finish line, if everything goes well, is your mental strength. Because your body starts aching all over the place. All over. Your body tells you, you can't do this. Your body tells you, why are you torturing me? Why are you putting yourself through this? It's only your mental state. And so for us, we need to have the endurance, spiritual endurance, the spiritual power to handle our challenges. It's a shame when Christians allow smolanyana things to take them away from their walk with God. It's a shame. It's a shame. You know, I think about it now, and I was telling them uh, in our meeting, you know, I mean, we, we're leading the church, and, and, and it's been interesting for me. In the last few years, the amount of stuff that gets thrown at me. You know, it's all kinds of things. 
thrown at you. Media people, you are on social media, write people, write letters, take you to court, all kinds of funny things. So I can't afford to feel sorry for myself. I have no time for that. It goes with the territory. Are you there, Bazalan? Some of you, you want great victories. Great victories come from taking great, great opponents. Yeah. You want to be more than a conqueror? You can't be more than a conqueror without having conquered something. Huh? We wouldn't have known, any, Pastor Ray likes to say, it, we wouldn't know anything about David had he not taken Goliath. It is the size of your giant that makes us know who you are. Can I hear an amen? So we've got to have endurance. Can I hear an amen, Bazaar? Your pain can be an inspiration for you. That you're going to get a breakthrough. The fourth thing athletes are taught is to have discipline. Discipline. You know, I like sport a lot, but I remember the one time there was this guy whom I like, Rafa Nadal, he's a tennis player. And for some reason when he went to this tournament, he had been enamored and enchanted by this girl. So before the tournament, they went out on a holiday. You know what was Apuluswam? He went out on a holiday in Limay Susu and, 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 and you know, they showed his pictures out there. You know, at the beach, he's swimming, they're having fun and everything. This is just before the tournament. Just two weeks or so before the tournament. Guess what happened? Yeah, he lost. And he was ranked world number one. He was knocked out, I think, second round. And you could see him, you know. One thing, it's not because of anything, because of lack of discipline. There's one other guy, golf player, young guy, he was doing well, played very well at the beginning, Rory McElroy. So here he is, he's winning tournaments, he's doing well, and then my shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he used to go out with this girl, Wozniaki, her first name. And so, you know, and, and, and he got on the golf course, and I, and I remember the, that, that tournament, he was leading all the way. Till the last day. Hey. See, because the night before, my, anyhow, my shoes. Anyhow. <laughs> on the day of the, the last day, he's leading. He started losing. You know? Shooting his golf ball all over the place. The commentator at some point, he said, in all the years this tournament has been played, there's nobody who has ever hit a ball in the bush that far like this guy. It was so out. Let me just tell you another story because it goes with this one. This is very interesting. We, we went to the U.S. with some of our leaders and the, the late Muruti Ken Dombo was with us and Dr. Uh, Charles Matlats, who's in Cape Town. I'm sure he's watching right now. He, he was part of the team. So we went out to, stayed out. We were in uh, South Barrington. We were going to Willow Creek Community Church. We rented a car, Banabako Soweto, Riketa Di Clever, driving around in the U.S. So one day they decide, Bona, they saw something there in Oxford. So they thought that's where Oxford University is. They didn't know it's just the name of a small town with just one cow. So they didn't know that. So they saw Oxford. So they decide they're going to drive there. Okay, right. This is before we had these famous GPSs or these cell phones. It's long before we had that. So they decide to take a map. They're driving to Oxford. So they drove. And finally, 
On the way, they kept asking. Finally, they got to Oxford, only to find it's just an old town. There was no university there. And just one cow. By this time, it's fairly late at night. So they drove back. And they got lost. And lost, and lost, and lost. Finally, in desperation, they stopped somebody. And they asked this person, look, this is where we're trying to go. This is the place we're trying to go. This suburb in South Barrington. Here's the map, can you show us? So the guy takes the map, looks at the map, and he shakes his head. He says, ah, can you imagine? Here's the map, here's the map. He's looking at the map. This is a whole map. He says, you know what? You are here. <laughs> they got so lost that they were outside the map they had. They said, you are here. <laughs> they arrived back at home two in the morning. Manabak also went. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But they, they just got lost, you know, by Levites. So, so, you know, Masana, we need to be those people in our lives who are going to make sure that we follow certain principles in our lives. Can I hear an amen? The fourth thing is we need to have discipline. Discipline. In Hebrews 12, 1, this is how it reads. It says, such a large crowd of witnesses is all around us. It says we must get rid of everything that slows us down. Especially the sin that won't let go of us. And we must be determined to run the race that is ahead of us. We must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us and makes our faith complete. He endured the shame of being nailed to the cross because he knew that the latter, he knew that later on he would be glad he did. Now he is seated at the right hand of God. We need to have the discipline, Barcelona, to stay the course. In 1 Corinthians 9.25, Paul says, Every athlete in training submits to strict discipline in order to be crowned with a wreath that will not last. But we do it, we get disciplined for a wreath that will last forever. Paul says, that is why I run straight for the finish line. That is why... I am like a boxer who does not waste his punches. So when you're not disciplined, Bazalana, you get involved in things. You, you waste your punches on things that don't need to be punched. Paul says, I don't waste my punches. Verse 27, he says, I harden my body with blows, bring it under control to keep myself from being disqualified after having been called, called others to the contest. So discipline, Bazalada, is what's going to make us to live as victorious Christians. This is what George Maxwell says, and I quote, Discipline in the beginning of life is the choice of achieving what you really want by doing things you don't really want to do. Let's tell the truth, Bazalana. There are, there are things in life that are good things for us, but they're not enjoyable when you do them. I mean, eating vegetables is not so enjoyable. Hmm? Waking up in the morning to pray is not so enjoyable. Waking up to read your Bible is not enjoyable. Oh, come on, tell the truth now. Tell the truth. Some of you, from the way you are reacting, I can see you are not enjoying being in church right now. Look at your device. So, you see, the thing with discipline is you have to learn to do what you don't enjoy. Then he says, and I continue quoting, he says, after successfully doing this for a while, Discipline becomes the choice of achieving what you really want by doing things you now want to do. Yeah. 
So over time, you get hooked on the right thing. See, see if you've ever exercised, you'll know that the day you haven't exercised, you feel like you've, you, 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 you. If you pray regularly, the day you haven't prayed, you're normal. The same way the guy was at Subang, at Subang, or at Subang. In the same way, we're not going to tell tapel or Nangatel or Nell. Today, we're not going to listen right. It's like Osaya came on Sunday. We felt so awkward last week, Sunday. We couldn't go to church. I kept on saying the whole day. We were saying, Mama, we, tomorrow we think little pies are the whole day. Because I reacted again. So I've been going to church so much that it's so awkward for me not to be in church on Sunday. Even if I'm not preaching, it's, I just need to be in church. Yeah, it's just a discipline. It's just part of... But remember, there's a time when you didn't go to church. When you had all your parties on Sunday. And you went to the golf course on Sunday. And on Sunday. Yeah, there's a time when you go to 10 o'clock. You go to 10 o'clock. You go to Come on. Don't give me that look. You know you used to do that. Yeah, you used to. So to turn around and get away from that mukuba, it's a difficult thing. To wake up in the morning and go to church and sit in church. In the morning, you're not used to that. But after doing it for a while, you get hooked on it. Oh, Bazalana, we can get hooked on the right things. Somebody say hallelujah in the house. We can get hooked on the right things. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Listen to this, Bazalana. A disciplined life places greater value on essentials. A disciplined life orders its priorities intelligently. A disciplined life operates by schedule. A disciplined life functions without constant supervision. And a disciplined life, therefore, makes the most of the time. See, when you're disciplined, you'll do more than others. You'll achieve a lot. Oh, yeah. When others are about ponzitsu, you know that people are like, blameable on everything, but when you look at their life, how many of you are sitting next to somebody? Just by the way they live, some people have no discipline. When you look at them, you can tell them, even if they say this is what they want to achieve, they will never get there. And everything. And yet, it's the lack of a disciplined life. It takes discipline to be distinguished. Can I hear an amen? And number five, the fifth thing athletes are taught is to be focused. Focused. If you're not a focused Christian, you're going to have problems. Yeah, even if people say, it's too late. I mean, look, it's too late, okay? Yeah, it's Jason, I'm going to live for Jesus. Yeah, most of my life has gone that way. It's too late to change now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Be focused. Be focused on your calling. Be focused on what God wants you to do. Be focused. I'm just focused. 
I don't have time to go to I can't multitask. That's all that I'm going to do. Just be focused. Yeah. Have focus in your life. What is it? What is it? What is it that you know God has called you for? Have focus. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 22, an amazing verse. He says, the light of the body is the eye. He says, if therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, a single eye, a single eye is a focused eye. If you don't have focus, you can't be full of light. In other words, you don't know where you're going. It's very difficult and get to the destination. Got to be focused. Got to be focused. James 1.8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Paul says in Philippians 3.13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. He doesn't say these two things. He doesn't say these five things. He says this one thing I do. Be focused. Be focused. Be focused in your commitment to Christ. Be focused in your love for God. Be focused. is to be a focused person. Yeah. Put all your strength and all your energy and see how far you will go in your life. Some of you, the reason you're not growing in your work with God is because you're not consistent. You're not focused. You're not focused. Yeah. For a while, we are okay. And then when tough times come, you give up and you compromise. Yeah. See, the issue is not about when everything is good. No, no, no. The issue is when things are bad. When your mind is telling you to live. When your feelings are telling you it's not worth it all. When you have prayed and your, answer, your prayers seem not to be answered. When you have given tithes and it looks like the windows of heaven are not opening. When everything around you is falling apart and you see other people who are not serving God, things working for them. That's the time to be focused. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? So if you're going to live a victorious life as a Christian, you need number one. Develop your God-given talents. Hone your skill. Number two, cultivate strength. Number three, have endurance. Number four, live by discipline. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just summarizing the points. Be focused. And number five, have focus. And I believe if we do these things, Barcelona, we will be able to be like Mapokobok. Ah, yeah. Yeah. But even if you may have one bad day where you are beaten in New Zealand, because of the discipline, yeah. yeah. Being beaten once doesn't mean you are a loser. Yeah, it doesn't mean you are a loser. Yeah, you just lost a match. You didn't lose the whole tournament. Just one match. I'm quoting Muslim, but I'm, I'm, I'm just quoting. Yeah, you just it's just one match, and all is that. And so today, as we pray, I want you to commit yourself to God, and bring your life before God, and say, you know what, God, I am going to be on the winning side. 
I'm going to live my life as a victorious Christian. I'm tired of being a loser. Yeah, I'm tired of always making excuses. I am everything that you say I am, and I can do everything that you say I can do. But before we pray that prayer, maybe you are here, you don't know Christ yet, a Savior and Lord of your life. You're here, you've enjoyed the service, everything that has happened, you've loved it. But when you look at your life, you haven't committed your life to Jesus Christ. And this morning, it's a day where you can do that. You can invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Savior and Lord of your life. Can we bow our heads, please, and close our eyes? Nobody moving and nobody leaving. Bow your heads, please, with me. Close your eyes. Jesus is the only one who's able to change lives. By inviting him into our lives, he gives us a new start, a new life. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, a religious man. Jesus said to him, Nicodemus, I can see you are religious. With all your religious activities, it will never take you to heaven. You've got to be born again. You must be born again. Something must happen in your heart, Nicodemus. Something must happen inside of you, Nicodemus. It's not about the outward acts. It's not about doing certain religious practices. This is a heart matter. Something that goes to the depth of your heart. You may be here this morning. Though you may be living a good moral life. Or it might not be so. But as you are here this morning, you note, if you are to tell the truth, you've never encountered Christ. Talking about a heart matter. Talk about Jesus coming into your heart. And talk about Jesus coming into your heart. Making you a child of God. Right where you are. As you are about to pray this morning. You want to say, please pray for me. My life is not where God wants it to be. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. If that is you, wherever you are seated, and even those of you who are watching and streaming, wherever you are, if that is you and you need to be prayed for, would you just raise your hand right where you are? I want to pray for you as you invite Jesus Christ into your heart. Just raise your hand right where you are. Please pray for me, you say. I want Jesus to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Just raise your hand if you're here this morning. Thank you, Lord. All right. Thank you.